Welcome to Just Some Brothers, a podcast with no agenda other than meeting with special guests of notoriety who may be known in sport, maybe music, and maybe even education. For that matter, anything. People who have live stories that we can resonate with as individuals. Hopefully during our segments, you get something out of it. If it's one sentence, one word, take it away with you. Because we're here as Just Some Brothers. Having some fun, spreading the word, open your mind, and enjoy your time with us. Tom Robinson is embarking on an ambitious adventure to row solo across the Pacific Ocean in a boat designed and built by himself. Tom will begin his epic voyage in Peru and row close to 8,000 nautical miles of open water to Australia. His journey will break a world record for ocean rowing as the youngest person to ever cross the Pacific. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy our conversation. I've been rowing since I was a kid. I knew from the start of my apprenticeship that when I got qualified, I wanted to build myself a rowing boat and row across the Pacific. And I remember one night I was on the computer when I was you know, probably 14 or something, and I found out that these crazy people row across oceans. I remember I had rowing training the next day, waking up at whatever it was, four in the morning or something stupid. I looked in the mirror and I said to myself, Tom, you're gonna row across the Pacific Ocean one day. You're gonna build a boat to do it in. From right now until when I'm in the middle of the Pacific to when I get back at the end, every part of the experience is going to be enjoyable. For that, I want to be doing it in a beautiful boat that I've built by hand, I guess. By its nature, this is a solo mission and the whole row will be by myself. I'd like people to know that ambitious adventure is within their reach if they want it. And it really inspires me to to do this as well, so if people want to come along for the journey via social media, then hey, yeah, jump on board. First of all, happy birthday. Thank you very happy much. Yesterday. Likewise. Thank you. <laughs> we, we've been working together for like a year and a half and we only found out like two months ago. How do we find out? Because was... I was doing a presentation and they were going to make it on my birthday. That's right, yeah. And Arby goes, what date's the presentation? And I say, oh, the 24th of Feb. And, Bullshit. No, it's not. It's my birthday. <laughs> so that that makes you 22 now? 23 now. 23, because I was yeah. just going to say, it, it actually scares the shit out of it, about what we're going to talk about tonight because Arby will explain in a minute about how you're going to row across the Pacific Ocean. But oh, I've got a son who's 21 and I'm, oh, I'm wow. scared about him driving up the street. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, uh, totally. You're about to do 13,000 kilometres. So it's yeah. Uh, yeah. 23. So anyway, we'll get all into that. Yeah. 14,000. 14,000. <laughs> what is a nautical mile? Um, 1.826 or something. How far us. is the horizon? Is it 14 nautical miles? Ooh, shit, I should know that one. Well, you I? should. <laughs> well, I'll get that down for the five for five later on. It's in my notes. <laughs> so I guess the background is, like, I met Tom oh, about two years ago briefly and then I was doing some video shooting down at the local boat club. Give a shout-out to that boat club. Carrington. Fantastic boat club. Boating club. Boating club. Yeah. So I'd shot some material and then Tom reached out to me in an email. He said, look, we're having a shindig. Like it's a whole bunch of boaties arrive and have, you know, food and drink and wines and boat races. So that's when we sort of got together and I found out what Tom did. I read his blog and there was a fantastic blog piece he wrote called Walls of Wood. 
And when I read it, it was really powerful the way it was written. So you hadn't met Tom yet? We'd only said hello briefly. to each other just briefly. Okay, yep, yep. And then I found out from another fellow who's the secretary down the boat club about the mission that Tom was at, about to embark on. We all thought, that's pretty amazing, like, to, to build a boat and to do that. And I wasn't aware how old he was, but I knew, you know, he couldn't have been over, like, 25 or something. So from there, there was the journey of supporting Tom to find sponsors and, mm. you know, get all the money together. And Because with a journey like this, the fun part is visualising it, doing all the hard work to build the boat, but then there's all of these moving parts to do with actually getting to the start line, which was more complex than I think either of us thought it would oh, be. Oh, totally, yeah. It has blown me away how, how many different steps there are and how many things you need to do and hoops you've got to jump through just to get to the start line. just want to say before we get too excited about, you know, like rowing over the Pacific Ocean, I've just come back from uh, interstate and obviously yeah. the weather was sensational down south. I've come into inclement weather in um, Brisbane. Is there any chance you can leave your boat here for about 10 days just in case we do get a flood? <laughs> yeah, yeah. See us. <laughs> Come see I, may, I may need you to row out of this house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll see how we go. <laughs> Before we go any further, yeah. tell, them, tell everybody what the name of the boat is. The boat's called Maywa, and Maywa is the Aboriginal name for the Brisbane River. So she was um, built on the banks of the Brisbane River and I learned to row on the Brisbane River. And hopefully after quite an epic journey, she'll return to the Brisbane River. So I thought the name was quite fitting. That's and it also just sounds nice too. Yeah. You know, rowing is probably hard for anybody, mm. but to row that distance, to do it by yourself, one of the first questions that came into my mind was, well, what, why? I guess one of the second things is I really saw in you there was a real love for old world adventure. And not only the adventure, but the building of the boat with the hand tools, yeah. How did that come about, mate? Like, it's, it's all very nostalgic, isn't it? I don't quite know why I ended up the way I am and why I like this old worldly stuff so much. But, yeah, there's something really um, enjoyable because when you go back, back to that era, things were simpler and things were easier. And from our view anyway, everything seemed pretty nice and romantic back then. Hmm. So um, it's sort of like this, this way for me to travel back in time without actually having to do it. And yeah. so I get all the benefits of modern society and then I get to sort of time travel in my old school wooden boat and it's just like the best of both worlds and it's a pretty yeah. cool experience, I guess. So, and you've had a fair bit of sailing experience too. So yeah. what was it that separated the... I think it boils down to the hard work aspect. So it's the same for anyone that likes to, you know, run or row or cycle or train or do whatever it is, but or even just work hard on the job site each day. But at the end of each day, when you get home and you feel that real sense of satisfaction about coming home and having worked hard all day, it feels it feels really good and it feels good deep down. And that's something really primal and natural and something that I think all of us sort of crave in some way or another. And for whatever reason, I crave that more than others. And so I think for me, it's just like, I'm gonna have that amazing sensation every day, but that's gonna be you know, expanded over a whole year. And then at the end of it all, it'll be uh, it'll be pretty spectacular. But let's be realistic. I mean, there's a difference between yachting and rowing. I mean, yeah. I, I actually, uh, when I was in living Melbourne, I actually used to do um, get on the Flying Dutchman. Oh yeah, cool. That's so, um, well, they 18, 18 foot or something, something like that. Yeah. And um, mate, all I used to do was just hang out the edge because I'm six foot seven. Is that uh, <laughs> you, you got to understand? The further you hang out, the greater the, totally, the, the yeah, weight. Yeah. To me, it's a lazy sport because all I had to do was swing from side to side. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're talking about rowing. 
Yeah. Like your biceps should be the size of Arnie Schwarzenegger's by the time you get out of the bay. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it's um like I've sailed a lot and I've really enjoyed my time sailing. But yeah, there's not quite that sense of satisfaction that you get from rowing. Mm. And that boat's not going to move without you putting in your effort all the time. And that's a pretty cool feeling too. Even to think, even just what you just said then, I mean, when we, when we talk about, and you talk about going back in old time, is that we're in a world now of motors. What have you got a little motor hidden under the, the boat there that <laughs> somehow is going to propel you at some stage? No, no, not at all. I guess if you were really, if you really wanted to go down that path, you could have a little electric motor with a solar panel. But no, this is a pure and raw adventure. And so whatever strife I get myself into, I've got to get out of it too. Mm. And that's all comes back to me and making sure I can do it. And yeah, people say, have you got a little motor or have you got a sail of some sort? But as soon as you add little elements like that, it takes away from the pureness of the adventure. Especially where you're coming from, the way yeah. that you, you're built and the way that you think. Yeah, totally. Like that would just be the ultimate cheat. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you, definitely. You, you could like, yourself. Might as well not do it. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. You're young, mm. 23, the spark of this happened at 14. It did, So yeah. you've had a good, what, nine yeah, years, nine eight years, years to, yeah. to plan it all. Mm. Take mm -hmm. us through the steps of how that. Yeah, I've, um, I've shared this story a few times, but um, I rode at school competitively and at that stage I was, so I'd, I'd wake up at four in the morning, go to rowing training every day and then in the afternoon I'd row just on my own because I just love rowing so much. And one night I was on my computer and I found out that there was a race across the Atlantic Ocean and people row across the Atlantic. And I was just, just, just in awe, just dumbstruck that the fact that it was even possible to row across the Atlantic Ocean, it, the, I guess the thought hadn't really occurred to me at that age. and. Um, I just couldn't stop thinking about it all night long. I didn't sleep much. And then the next day I woke up at four in the morning, I looked myself in the mirror and I said, Tom, you're gonna row across the Pacific Ocean. And Tom, it, Tom, I'm gonna, I'm gonna interrupt you there because it, the first ocean to ever be rowed across was in fact the Atlantic Ocean. Yes, in, it in, was. in 1896. Debatable, but yeah, okay. <laughs> Google, Google's <laughs> an amazing <laughs> thing. And you know, you started on saying that, which is, it's. 2,500 yeah, yeah. miles or 4,000 kilometres. So yeah. it's a, a third of the trip you're doing. It is, yeah, yeah, So yeah. to say, you know, the Atlantic Ocean, which of course was the first yeah. in, my, in my Google. Is, yeah, well, uh, it was, yeah. And yeah. then you've gone to the Pacific, which is three times the marathon. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's interesting. Um, I think for a little while there, it was the dream of the Atlantic and then pretty quickly it turned to the Pacific. I think the biggest factor was the bigger ocean, the bigger challenge, that's going to be good. But also the um, the idea of rowing back into Brisbane is a pretty is, is, is going to be pretty cool. And the other factor about the Pacific is that there's some beautiful islands to stop at along the way. In our segments, we've had a couple of sporting people. Um, yeah. So we're, we're really going off left field here with someone who's doing something that's not just inspirational. I mean, it's a passion for you and it will create a, raw, a record because it was a 32-year-old that actually holds it at the moment. So Very good, yep. So, oh, I've been studying. <laughs> um, Someone's looking but, it up. <laughs> but uh, as I said, it's roughly about 13,000 K. You might argue it's 14. Um, <laughs> but just to put that into perspective, that's like rowing from Melbourne to Cairns, back to Melbourne, up to Cairns and back to Melbourne. And you're still a thousand k short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a long way. It's pretty similar to rowing all the way around Australia. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's a bloody long way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
looking up, you've, you've done about 600 k's in your life of rowing. Yep, yep. And, and the longest distance, 250 k's. Yes. All yeah, of a sudden yeah. you're going to tackle 14 or 13,000 k's. So 250 is the longest one, which was Tinkham Bay to Bundaberg. And now we're looking at going 14,000. It's a really interesting one because you look at other young people that have done um, impressive voyages, let's say, solo sailors and those sorts of things. And the big thing that everyone has said to them is, hey, your last trip was only pretty short and you got this massive one coming up. How are you going to manage? And um, it is hard to articulate, but there's this feeling like I know that mentally I'm capable. I know that the boat's capable and I know that the route I'm taking is possible. And so with those three factors, theoretically, that means that I should be able to complete this journey successfully. Do you, do you set yourself a target? Look, what's your target every day? Yeah, well, it's going to depend a lot on the conditions. Honestly, my target is to row as far as I can for as long as I can each day. I won't be accurately measuring my position every single day. And so I can't say, oh, I did, I did 42 miles yesterday and today I've done 47. That's really good or 52 or whatever it's going to be. So you're just going to like sun, sunrise to sunset? Pretty much, oh, yeah. So that's your time? Yeah. As soon yep. as that sun comes up, you're on? Yep, in a rhythm. When that yep. sun goes down, you're resting? That's it, yeah, yeah, pretty much. And it's it's gonna be a case of like um, rowing for as long as I can each day until I feel good and then getting the rest I need and enough yep. time to eat yep. and then enough time to sleep and enough time to eat and to navigate and then the rest of the time will be spent rowing basically. So it's a pretty um, it's a pretty raw, simple existence. That's crazy. It's amazing when I'm rowing that you get into this real zen and it's actually harder to stop than it is to keep going sometimes. Yeah, right. And so it just feels really good just to keep rowing and keep rowing. And of course, there'll be times when it's bloody painful. The last thing I want to do is keep rowing. But for a big part of it, yeah, it's this really enjoyable sort of sublime experience. So have you, have you ever pushed yourself to that barrier? Like are we, we, you're going to hit that barrier like any marathon runner does. Totally, yeah. And go, I have to work through this. Yeah. Because yep. I've got another 268 days to go or something. For sure, for sure. Yeah, that, that's going to be um, an interesting experience. And the first week's going to be hard, you know. That's going to be when, I, when I'm fresh and raw and I haven't been rowing for a while. And so to get straight into it's going to be pretty intense. And then there will be times when it's going really well and times where it's really tough. But you've got to sort of push through them. And it's funny, but Maywa, my little boat, she's a bit of a capsule there. So there might be a day when I've just, I've just had enough for the past 50 days and I need a day just to recuperate and mm. gather my thoughts and sort of focus on myself again. And, and out there, you know, you're not going to hit anything for a while. So I've got that ability to what's the, take what's the What's the timing? I mean, at the end of the day, was it 269 days you said it's going to take? Yeah, roughly? it's going to take roughly between 250 and 300. So. And that's, that's excluding days the, of rowing, the supplies, yeah. that's the, uh, the island days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. You're, you're going to go out through the four seasons. Um, yeah, so winter, much. summer, autumn, mm. spring. Yeah. I'll, I'll be up near the, the equator where the seasons don't quite have, have much of an effect. Yeah. So I was going to say, how do you protect yourself from all that weather? Yeah, so on Maywa, the boat, there's a proper sealed cabin. So every night I can open the hatch and go inside that cabin and close the hatch. And no matter how rough the seas get, and how wet it is outside, I'll be dry and safe. Until it flips. Yeah, even when it flips, it'll it'll turn back over and I'll still oh, be dry and safe. Yeah, 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 she's a safe boat. So it's yeah. like a canoe. 
Yeah, I guess so, yeah. But, but you, where's the paddle when you're sleeping to pull it back up? Well, no, she's very unstable upside down. Yeah. And so it doesn't want to sit upside down. It'll want to roll back over. So, yeah, it's been... So what was the... Did you have to kind of research all sorts of different boats and dynamics and physics of boats and buoyancies and materials and all that sort of stuff? To an extent, yeah. Yeah, so I did a lot of Googling and research and looking into different boats and how they're shaped and and the hull shapes and the cabin shapes and all these different factors that affect stability when they're right way up and when they're upside down. And then from that, I made sort of like an educated choice as to the shape of my boat and and how it was all gonna work. And that choice turned out to be pretty good. I'm quite happy with it. And it's yeah, sort right, of fulfilling right. my needs. Yeah, right. Because I, I sort of have this this vision of you. So like you're rowing in that Zen state for 13 or 14 hours or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. But then when you've stopped, sun's gone down. Yeah, yeah, you've got to yeah. get your jet boil out, turn it on, make a meal. Yeah. You've got to be reading a book, lying there like Gilligan, which was a show way before time. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. And then... It dawns on you that you're in the middle of the Pacific. Like, oh, fuck. And you, and you freak out. Yeah, I haven't had that feeling. I've, <laughs> I've been out there and I've sort of like gone, wow, okay, we really are in the middle of nowhere. And so have you ever been out far enough that you can't see land? Or? Yeah, plenty of times. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a you've, great feeling. You've played this over in your mind. Yeah. Before since I was you a... fucking sleep, before you fucking wake up yeah. during the day. Yeah, yeah. Even since I was like, since I was a kid, I've been doing it, and especially in the past year, um, I've been running all sorts of scenarios through my head. What happens if this happens? What happens if that happens? On and on it goes, and just trying to cover all bases. And because one of the things about being out there is, it's pitch black. Yeah, yeah. To put it in perspective, is that um, a little story that I'll say that this is why it scares me about what you're about to do. Yeah, is I was out in Morton Bay, so that's one of my probably the most protected place of all places. Yeah. So I'm out with a mate on the boat. We're fishing, night time, so it's black you know, and you can't see any lights. Anyway, for whatever reason, my mate said to me, go up the front, pull the anchor because we're going to move on. Anyway, I go up the front. As I'm coming back, I go to put my, because he starts to move to go over the anchor. I put my hat, hands up underneath the boat and he's got a couple of fishing rods. Well, I grabbed a couple of fishing hooks. Oh. So I let go and of course it was winter, I had yeah. clothes on. Yeah. So the thing is that I started to fall off. Wow. And as, I, as I was falling off, I said, hey, I'm, I'm over. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Now, the amazing thing, and this is what scares me, when I fell in the water, because it's so dark out there, yeah. my clothes were heavy, I started sinking. Yeah. I didn't know because it wasn't daylight which way to swim up or yeah, down. Right. Totally. Yeah, totally. So yeah. Somehow I bobbed up. Yep. Now, the funny thing was that came up and he'd stop the boat and he'd turn the light on. Yes. Yeah, and I swam back to the boat. Yeah. And I said to him, oh, shit, I thought I was going to drown there. Totally. And he said to me, mate, I wasn't worried about you drowning. You know why we were moving is because we've been, we've been bitten off by sharks on the boat. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but the thing is that it's so dark out there. There's yep. nothing around you. You can't see at night time any land, any lights, anything that gives you... Yeah. Any sort of bearings. You've got, yeah, to, you've got to find real peace in yourself there, out there, for totally. a long, long time. There'll be nights like that when it's so, so pitch black, you can't see much. But there'll also be um, pretty spectacular nights when there's a, you know, the moon's in the sky and it's shining down and it's all pretty beautiful. But yeah, definitely, it's going to be it's going to be dark out there. But um, I've got my compass with the light on it. I know which way I'll be heading. Yeah, and no, I was going to I was going to say like I mean that that typically is because there's a time where you go to sleep whether it's two hours, four hours, six hours, eight hours, whatever it is. Yeah. You're not dropping anchor. No, so, no I'm just drifting along. So, yeah, you're drifting along. What guides you there? Because 
you might drift into a shipping channel or you what yeah what how do you go there because you're not watching the compass to see where you're going yeah totally so the route i'm taking means that the trade winds and the currents are constantly taking me in the right path and so even when i'm not rowing at night i'll still be getting pushed in the right sort of way well it brings up that question of like fear doesn't it really like that that's something that you can't predict when it comes up but you can bet that it will come up at some point yeah but then there's something to transcend you know while you're there like there's there's a whole part of it that covers almost every aspect of experience all condensed into one activity in a sense yeah because of the time frame involved you know yeah fear's an interesting one people ask me are you scared of the trip you scared of doing what you're going to do and my general answer is no like i'm not I'm, i'm not really scared of it it's it's really about having all these different things in place to make sure that the bases are covered like obviously there will be times that will be frightening but there'll be times when it's not in my control when I'm nearing a reef or something like that and and there's an onshore breeze or whatever it is I think for most of the trip when I'm away from the islands there won't there probably won't be that many scary times um, but it'll be nearing those islands and those sorts of things that's it's probably it's probably your fourth leg that's the longest isn't it the fourth legs are the second longest the second longest. the first legs are longest but that okay. fourth leg from Tonga back to Brisbane yep that that's probably that will probably be the hardest leg the weather will probably be the most inclement okay in that part yeah what prepares you for this because I don't think there's any training that to, can put this into perspective I think what's prepared me has been doing similar experiences to make sure that I've got the right mental attitude to make it happen because it's it is a mental game when it comes down to it and so I've done um, other voyages and other trips and each time I've been out there on the ocean rowing or sailing or whatever it is I've always had a little check with myself Tom you're gonna be out here rowing at some point can you do it and the answer's always been yes it's always yeah I think I've got what it takes how do you in your head there know that you're going to run, you are going to in those 269 days or what, mm. those, that time between 250 and 300 days, yeah. you are going to run into some treacherous seas. Yeah, I definitely. mean, potentially massive storms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you fathom getting through some waves that might be 20, 30 metres high? It's this understanding that the boat's built well enough to handle that. And so um, with the sea anchor out and the boat all sort of settled in and everything's tied off and me like I can be literally strapped into my bunk so I'll be lying there and yeah it'll be frightening but at the back of my mind is this understanding that the boat is strong enough and I'm strapped in and it doesn't matter how, if the boat how rolls. do you know the boat's strong enough because I built it myself no but what what tests there's no <laughs> there's no Australian standards on there is, there is no standard. Australian standard. <laughs> yeah 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 I've looked at other boats that have done similar trips yeah, okay. and I've been out there sailing in some pretty rough conditions but um you know I've been out there in some big seas and when you're out there especially sailing because there's some massive loads and forces on those boats and so that gives you a really valuable understanding of the power of the ocean let's say and so, yeah, it's an intuition really and it's an understanding through well, lots of years it's, of experience. It's unforgiving. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely, definitely, definitely. Mate, what did you say? It's 14 foot? 24 foot. 24 foot. How big is the cabin? How big is the cabin? The cabin's about uh, eight feet long, nine feet long. You're part of that when you're sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you've got to allow for that space. Yep. Because I go shopping every week. Okay. And I've got a couple of boys that live here and let me tell you, I'll bring four or five shopping bags. <laughs> a lot bags. of food. Okay. I'm just starting to wonder 
What do you got another Where couple of boats? <laughs> Is it actually a train? The boats are 7.3 metres long or 24 feet. I need to be able to keep food for 250 days. One day I was um, reading a book and there were these lines for a, a boat. I went, wow, this is perfect, that's just what I want. And so from those lines, got a bit of timber and carved the block of wood into the shape. And then from there, took measurements off that block of wood to form this hull shape. For me, there was no question about the fact that it was going to be made out of wood, simply because I enjoy working with it. It's a beautiful medium. And I could have built it lighter and stronger out of carbon fibre or fibreglass, but um, I wouldn't be enjoying the process. And for me, that's what this is all about, really. It's a pleasurable activity for me, rowing and building boats. It's amazing, um, a 24-foot-long boat, it's all, like, it's all covered over, all decked over. And from the outside, it looks quite small, but there's a hell of a lot of storage on board. And yeah, it's amazing, but I can carry enough food on board for 250 days. So look, you're not a big guy. So no. it's not like you need to go to Weight Watchers and lose 40 or 50 kilos. I need to gain weight for the trip. Well, probably, yeah. yeah. So is that, is that something you've got to do? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, chicken and rice and broccoli. Yeah, yeah. Well, chicken and rice ain't going to do it because that's protein. So you need to get on the carbs. Oh, pasta. yeah. Oh, I eat heaps of carbs as it is anyway. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, plenty of carbs as well. But um, How much do you need to put on? Well, recently I was 70 kilos and now I'm 75 and I'd like to put on another five kilos. Yeah, I as would. much as I can, really. Mm. Like, But yeah. it is hard to put on weight. Yeah. It really we, surprised me. You're, 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 at you're, your age, mate, like, fuck, <laughs> I just look at a hamburger and it's like, oh, now I've got to fucking hit that Stairmaster for three weeks. Just have Maccas for breakfast, lunch. And yeah, I don't know about Dirty that. fats, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I'd like to gain some weight because I'll definitely lose quite a few kilos each leg. Yep. And that, that's the good thing about stopping along the way is that I'll be able to replenish myself do you know do you know how many calories you've got to have a day to like do this yeah it's looking like uh, it's looking like about six thousand yeah, wow, that's 000. a lot and average person put that in perspective average person would have in a day i think two or three thousand yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's right. a massive amount yeah. yeah and so all the food i'm taking high calorie okay yeah, yeah all that sort of stuff and those freeze-dried meals they're designed specifically for people like myself doing these sorts of things so do you i think we, we were just talking um we had a little break and and we we're talking about mental toughness. We were talking about doing individual sports versus team sports and I gave an example of, you know, we were told to do uh, at the end of the football training 10 laps of Indian fold and I hated running but I got through that because I had other people there to push me along. Yeah. Now you're going to do this trip for a long time mm. with no one there to motivate you, no one there to inspire you, no one there to get you going when you're down. Totally. Because totally. life is full of ups and downs whether people like to. It sure them. is. How do you how do you push yourself when there's mm. you're you're probably in a low? Mm. It's not going to be freezing cold because you say you're near the equator. You've still got to push yourself. Yeah. When you haven't got any teammates there, all of a sudden to yeah. say, and that's the biggest challenge of the whole trip yeah. is maintaining that that ability to push yourself every day and that positive outlook. That is going to be really challenging, but rewarding at the same time. This has always becomes important for people that listen to this is how do they learn from your experience here to, like I'm sure we're yeah. going to love to talk to you after you finish the trip. Yeah, yeah, that's right? going to so, be fun. <laughs> so, we, so there's a lot of things we can measure in terms of what you thought now versus what you then know. Yeah. But how do you tell people out there how to prepare themselves yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a to, to, to be stronger as people mm. because they face this adversity of, yeah, adversity yeah. of life? 
yeah, there's been times when I've been rowing or running or whatever it is and I've said to myself, um, you're just going to keep running or you're just going to keep rowing. Whenever you stop, you, you only stopped rowing or running at that point because your brain told you to. Mm. Physically, like you're not going to die, right? You're yep. going to be able to keep going. And so it's this real thought process that goes over in my mind all the time, which is basically don't stop now, Tom, because you've still got more muscles left. You've still got more energy left. The only thing that's, that's stopping you is yourself. And so it's just real, keep going, come on, mate, you can do it, you know, just just keep running one foot in front of the other, keep rowing, you know. And that's, what you just said a second ago was um, quite important, is that you're not going to die. Yeah. Uh, and one of the greatest things of getting over what I've said before, the greatest fear is fear itself, is yeah. that people that experience anxiety, is that understanding, the people that beat anxiety realise they're not going to die from it. <laughs> yeah. But okay, it's, scary. Wow. it's scary at the yeah. time. If you've already got that, mental toughness where you believe you're not going to die. Yeah. And you can tell yourself that. Yeah. I will tell you that is probably the strongest part that will make you do this. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Yeah. It's that, it's that deep knowing that um, it can all get really bad, but it's never going to be that bad sort of thing. Because it's not about beating the ocean sometimes. It's about beating yourself. Yeah. 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 And, and there's some pretty wild stories of guys that there was a guy that rode the Pacific and he was out there for 300 days nonstop. He went and he was two days out of Sydney. And he pulled the pin. Oh. He, he, it's like he, saying, I've got halfway, I'm going to go back. Yeah, <laughs> and he pulled the pin and he got rescued. And he, he was obviously challenging himself mentally the whole time. And he got to within two days of the coast and he just couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah. And that's pretty uh, pretty devastating and pretty well, there's amazing. A, there's a point where you, um, where the body breaks. Well, what's yeah. been actually really interesting is my observations of you, Tom, over the time that we've been working on this is that you've seemed to take a lot of the pressure of getting things done in the stride. And it's only been recently with all the vagaries and rigours of the uncertainty around COVID and how yeah. you're going to get the boat here and, you know, obviously shipping costs have escalated by four times. So the budget he had in mind when he started mm -hmm. is not the budget now, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And the reliance on other people to do things and feels to me like that's actually been a real challenge for you more than the, the, the other stuff that you would think would be the biggest challenge, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I never thought this would be the case. Um, I thought I had, you know, the boating skills and the rowing technique and the ability to build a boat and all these things in place. But no one prepared me for the fact that you've got to be a project manager. So I've got to manage this project and make sure that, because it's not just me, there are other people doing things in the background to make sure this happens. And so... For me, going from work, always working for someone else, never having a project of my own of this scale yeah. to all of a sudden doing emails all day and organising other people and making sure everything goes ahead in a timely fashion, that's been a real challenge for so me. So when you're out there, what's your communication in terms of yeah, land? Okay. And so I'll have a satellite phone yep. and so that'll be my lifeline back to shore and um, I can dial in a number and make a call to anyone in Australia or overseas in the world. But I won't be using that very much at all. And yeah, that's going to be my lifeline back to shore. And that's a safety thing mostly. That's if I'm in serious trouble or I need serious medical advice, yep. um, I can call someone. But for the big part, there won't be internet out there. What are the injuries that you could expect? Yeah, so um, very unlikely, but two things I'm thinking of. One is a shark attack yep. and the other one is a broken limb. So just normal sort of shit, really? Yeah, just your day, day <laughs> to day, you know. What a oh, broken, you know, just shark attack. And going just, back yeah. to um, broken limb, yeah. I remember 
Arby was telling me yeah. like a little while ago now that you got taught how to like cast your own arm or something like that? Or was, no, what was that? I think at one point I was talking to a doctor and we were talking about whether I need to learn how to sew up a, like a cut. Okay. And so yeah. we were going to practice on a pig. That hasn't happened yet, but or well, a part of a pig, let's say. Um, but that that might happen one stage. I did um, watch a guy push someone's arm back together that was at a right angle. And oh, my like, God. Yeah, back together. So that was pretty impressive. I hope I've got the fortitude to do that at the time if I need to. I think super glue works too. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll, for I'll a, just pack a bit. For a I'm not a doctor though, so just... <laughs> Look at this. So where do you... Uh, where do you see, you know, let's say, let's, let's go forward a little bit and go, uh, we made it. Yep. It's going to be a good Because Because we, we, we're not, we're not going to think negatively. We've talked about this before, half full, half empty. Yep. So positive things bring positive uh, things towards you. We're at the end of the trip. What do you do then? Is that, it's, you know, it's, it's like going on a footy trip and it's all exciting then the trip's over. Okay. Yep. What's going to happen afterwards? Um, yeah. Oh, there's going to be so many good things. It's, it's. Like I don't want to bank on it, but I think there's there's going to be probably a world of opportunities that opens up to me after this trip. I want to write a book about it, hopefully. That's been a goal of mine for a long time. Um, so I want to, yeah, write a book about it. Hopefully some videos come out of it. Um, Definitely. And then, and then after that, th- th- there's a long list of other adventures I want to do, you know. I haven't sailed around the world yet. There's lots of things to do. So do you, do you have a real job? I'm a boat builder, yeah. So I work full time at the moment, yeah. And boat building's as big a passion for me as rowing and ocean rowing, and so I want to pursue that as a career as well. So you, what you're going on long service leave when you do this? Oh, I quit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, interestingly, one of Tom's ancestors, one of the first people in Australia, like whether it's first, second fleet, I don't know when it is. I'll have to talk to your dad about that. But he was what he was Australia's first boat builder. So okay. and Tom doesn't really know much about that, but that's oh, just yeah, very that's interesting, interesting that that was, no, that was crazy when we met. Yeah. Um, we met Tom's parents. Yeah, that's right. And they were explaining to us, and I was like, "That's where <laughs> it that's all makes where sense that bloodline is." And and yeah. it was just it was just weird because Tom was just very like, "Oh, like it's a funny one for me having this real sense of identity and idea of who I want to be and what I want to be from such a young age." Yeah, and it's it's been interesting seeing my mates grow up and and them sort of going into careers or going into jobs and some of them going to university and not knowing what they want to do with their lives. And I guess I'm just blessed. I'm so, so lucky that I've had this this real drive within me and this understanding well, of what I want to do. That, this is almost a sliding doors moment because um, when we had Beamer on here, he said how he was earning big money, obviously, playing AFL football. Yeah. All his mates were off doing, doing trades work, and, doing, yeah. or doing whatever. Yeah. And working their way through to mid-30s and become sales managers. And then there, when he finished football, because for I think we say 1% of footballers have a life after football. So yeah, everyone yeah. has to go to something after it. So here's these guys that have done the hard yards in the, the corporate world, let's call it. Yep. And they've got a job at the end of it. Now they're earning you know, money. more money than him. Yeah. So for you... I mean, as I said, this is this is a passion. Mm. You've got to depend on people grabbing a hold of this and gravitating to it to support you to to carry yeah. it through. Because 
as we said, the Pacific Ocean, it's 13,000K, 14, um, is the... <laughs> You're going to have to do another 1,000 no, Ks <laughs> just to satisfy Macca, mate. No, no, no but <laughs> you know, once, you, once, you, once you do that, because that's, that's the biggest feat to do. Yeah. What, I still have to go back to that question. What's of next? What, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I've got a list of adventures to complete. A bucket list. I'm, yeah, yeah. And I've, been, I've had this Word document since I was 14. And the first one was row across an ocean. Yep. And um, at the moment, I'm dreaming of sailing around the world in a really small boat via the three capes. But there's also ideas of sailing the Pacific and um, really getting to know the cultures there. There's boat building I want to do in, in, in parts of Asia and North America, let's say. Like there's just so much, so much in life I want to grab a hold of. Let me say it, it's, a, it's a really strange mindset at 23. Yeah, I get yeah, I get people telling me that often that it seems like you know what you want to do with your life and I don't know any different. And so it just seems normal to me. But yeah. I guess it's, yeah, it's a bit out of the ordinary. Touching on your family. Yeah. They've obviously had talks with you about Definitely. what you're about to embark on. Yeah, I wrote a will the other day. Wow. That was pretty, that was actually a really liberating experience. It felt really good. In which way? In the way that my small saving. Because I'll, I'll say that because I've written a will. Okay. Yep. And to decide to write a will is probably smart anyway. But I mean, at the end of the day, it also says that you're recognizing maybe in life that you need to do that because something might happen. Might happen. Yeah, definitely. Um, and if I didn't think that that might happen, then I'd be foolhardy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got to have this understanding that, hey, it is still a possibility. This yeah. isn't. This, there isn't a guaranteed outcome of success or of surviving. You know, there is that small chance that I will die. And yeah, writing a will was was liberating in the way that, although I don't really have much money, the fact that I could give that money to people or to organisations, it made me feel really good, and it made me feel like, hey, if I do die on this trip, I won't. It won't be in vain. We well, got yeah, to leave yeah. the boat to someone. Yeah, if the boat makes it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyone want it? Yeah. <laughs> so what's what's you know, what's what's mum think first and foremost? Yeah, what does mum think? As she sat down and had like that time, I don't know. It, it is a funny one because it wasn't like this big announcement of I'm going to do this. It was this gradual process of going towards that goal. And so it's sort of easing mum and dad into it, which is helpful and easier for them. And I think mum's nervous deep down. But also she can see what I've done and the steps I've gone through. And so she's a pretty cool stoic lady. And so I think that um, she wishes me well. And yeah. I've met your mum and dad, I think, on a couple of occasions. Yes, yep. Coming from a father myself. Yeah, yeah. I can see the worry. Okay. But I can also see the pride, like yeah. the pride of yeah. what you're actually about to embark on. Yep. And, um, you know, I just want to touch base on your sister as well. Yeah. What Have, have you spoken to her? What is her thoughts on yeah, well, yeah. your two? Yeah. My two sisters. Two sisters. Yeah. I, should, I should just yeah. just interject quickly because so him and his two sisters are all triplets. Yes, that's right. So yeah. they all basically born at the same time. So yeah. they've got a unique tight relationship because of that. Yeah, yeah so for sure. What, what are, have they spoken to you? What like? that? They've got this funny thought that I'm going to die. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like they've just got it there in the back of their heads. So if it does happen, it's not a surprise, I think, which maybe is a nice thing. Look, it's a real thought. Yeah. It's a serious adventure and there is a risk of death and it wouldn't be a serious adventure if there wasn't that risk. And 
you th- and I think about heroes of mine and people who have who have done amazing trips as well, and they all risk death to to do what they did. And at the end of the day, there's got to be people out there doing those things. Peter, my wife was she was just having a moment where she was going, "Oh, I'm worried," you know, and all this. Yeah, and yeah. Has he really thought about X, Y, and Z? I said, mate, I don't know, but what I do know about Tom is if something happens, he will just sit there and channel some Shackleton guy with a beard and do what that guy would do. I'll grow a beard for that moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't, I mean, the options are do you jump in the water and have a shower or? Yeah. You know, what is that's it? That's it. Yeah, jump in the water and get a bar of soap and rub myself down. Oh. Check there's no sharks around there. How do you get back in? Is it easy to get back into the boat? It's actually quite hard. To, like, it's a very small boat, but. Because of the shape, the angle of the deck and the side of the boat, it's actually quite hard to jump on board. But I've got a rope with a loop in the end. So yeah, right. I can step in that and clamber back on board. For, yeah, for anyone who wants to have a look at the boat, have you got any, you got any photos? That, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. So if you go onto the website, tomrobinsonboats.com or look me up on Instagram, Tom Robinson. Yeah, there's plenty of pictures there and there's YouTube too, Tom Robinson Rowing. If you Google that, I'm sure you'll find it. There's yeah. a great one where he capsizes his boat. Two mates capsize the boat with ropes on purpose, and he's inside. Yeah, yeah we had and then it just test that buoyancy to did. test yeah. it, and then the it doesn't leak or anything. Like yeah, the, the door seals shut. Yeah, yeah. And because um, originally Tom was going to put this device onto the hull, the so the boat's top. got a cabin like a sort of dome on the top. He was going to put this device on which. If the boat flipped over, you could just like hit like a button or I mean a ripcord and compressed air would fill up and then right the boat. Yeah. But you decided not to use that. Yeah, well, um, that was the original plan to make the boat self-right. But thankfully um, with two fenders strapped to the roof and they've got a fair bit of flotation in them, she's, yeah, really unstable upside down. So thankfully I can avoid the complexity of compressed air and inflating bag and know that it'll always come back upright, which is so pretty what, reassuring. As we talked about before, is that in 1972, John Fairfax and Sylvia Cook were yeah. the first. Now, funny looking matter, I actually thought Sylvia was a guy, but it's a girl. Yeah. So she actually became also the first woman to go across the Pacific. Amazing. So what took you from maybe asking a friend to join you yeah. to you doing this solo? Yeah, okay. Um, I've never, I've never had a friend that would want to do something like that. <laughs> Maybe if I yeah, had one. Yeah, nah, mate, I'm not going <laughs> to. I'll come down to the pub today, but I'm not going to row across the ocean. I'll go on, to Stratty. Come on, man. It'll be I'll fun. Go to Stratty, It'll be nah, fun. Like, <laughs> yeah, so I've never even had a friend that would consider I don't know, I don't know how you can deal with my anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if I did find a friend that it would be a different story, but it's also this sort of type A personality thing of, you know, wanting to be responsible for your outcome and making this trip happen. So every decision you make is your decision. It's all back on me. And it's all back on you. And there's a big risk, but there's also a big reward at the end. So when it's all successful. That's risk versus reward. Yeah. So at the end, if it all, when it all goes smoothly, you know, successfully, I look back and go, yeah, I made a few good decisions there. That was was cool. I mean, the great thing is, is that you're not on a time limit. So the actual breaking mm. of the record is the youngest person, not the youngest person that did it in this amount of time. Yeah, definitely. So I that does give you some latitude in terms of like if something happens, you've got to repair the boat in Tahiti and then you've got to find some guy that's got epoxy glue that can do that with and, there, sure. you know, there isn't an earthquake at the time, blah, 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 blah. So there's plenty there. But I think that's another thing that you're really turned on by too was like being immersed in the cultures of those places. Yeah, yeah. it's it's sort of like some people... There's people that have rowed across the Pacific nonstop 
And for a short while there, I thought I was going to do the same. But then it just hit me. I was like, why the bloody hell would you want to row all the way across there? Well, that, that was a question I was going to ask. Why are you doing this? Yeah, why am I doing this? Um, yeah, so there's all these people that row nonstop and I just think like there's so many beautiful places to stop along the way and just turn the adventure into a real experience and meet other people and it's going to really make it into a really rich experience. And so that's going to be a really, a really important part of it and I'll have some good stories to tell at the end and this question of why I want to do this, why, why. And I don't know if I can ever answer that question properly. Um, maybe you'll find the, the answer while you're, you're rowing. Yeah, maybe. It's, there's so many different little elements that come into it. There's this wanting to achieve something. There's this, um, there's this wanting to be by myself. There's wanting to um, test myself. There's this idea of exploring cultures and meeting new people as a challenge. There's so many small factors that go into it that have led to this Pacific road journey. Do you think you've got enough experience to do this? I do, yep. Okay. Yeah, I do. Supreme confidence. confidence. Yeah. That's <laughs> well, I don't, I, I don't want to sound cocky, okay? Um, I really don't. But, yeah, I think I have what it, what it takes. Yeah, and look, that's to. important. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't to. start on day. At least you, you got to start, you got to row for at least a day, um, <laughs> yeah. and then before, before I give up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what intrigues me probably the most, because I think that going through life is understand that there's two aspects of our bodies, and that's mental and physical. Yes. Um, and mental, without doubt, well, it probably could be arguable, but is probably the the most powerful. Yeah. Do you think you're mentally prepared for this? Like I did say before, like 250Ks is different than 13,000. Yeah. And and I don't know, would that take you six days? Yeah. Yep. Um, versus 260, 260 plus yeah. days. Yeah. So are you mentally prepared for this? I mean, I know yeah. it's exciting for you and it's, it's all, you know, you've dreamed about this. Yeah, but am I prepared totally? Yes. I don't think it's a question of are you prepared? I think it's are you capable? So. Yeah. Even someone, um, the most incapable person could prepare as much as they want their whole life to do something like this. And people do do that. Yeah. And they and they get out there and it hits them pretty quick that they, they are not made of the right stuff to yep. do this. Yes. And that's no sort of, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about their personality or their traits. They're just not the sort of person that's geared to, to do this sort of thing. And from my personal judgment and from even the judgment of others, I think I have that that sort of natural capability to undertake it. And so, yeah. That's a really great distinction, Tom. Yeah. And look, it's a good answer mm. um, because I think that a lot of people out there will need to understand that, you know, there is a difference between um, understanding your capabilities and mm. probably beating them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can, you know, our body might say, I can run 5K. But your mind, say, your mind might say, I can run 10. You might have a perception of what you can do. Yeah. But you, if you mentally can believe better, you might achieve better. Yeah. And it's this, this people say, oh, you're going to inspire other people to row across the Pacific Absolutely. Ocean. And maybe I will and maybe that's really good. But I don't want people to get the wrong idea either. It's mm. not for everyone. Mm. You know, no, but records, you know, it, and that's why we have the Olympics every four years mm. because records are meant to be broken. Oh, definitely, and, yeah, yeah. And this is what you're setting out to break a record. But yeah. I don't know if that's your greatest drive. It's um, not my greatest drive, no. Maybe at some points it has been my greatest drive, but I've got this realisation now that it doesn't really matter. If when did that change? 
good question. Maybe 17, 16, 17, 18, something mm. like that. Yeah, it's all, you know, you go through puberty and you yeah. develop as from a boy to a man sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Again, I'll say from the start, like I said almost at the start of the night, that a lot of this scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Because yeah. I couldn't do it. Like, I, yeah. I would be scared. Are you ready for the worst? And then in your mind, have you visualized what could be the worst? Yeah, I have. I lay awake at night sometimes and I run through these scenarios of, okay, so I leave the hatch open and the cabin fills with water or I get thrown overboard or a shark has a big nudge at the boat or a nudge at me. What do I do? What do I do? And I play, the, and I, and I play these scenarios through over and over. How does that, how does that affect you? Is, are there days where you sort of go, fuck, I don't know if I can do this? Like, there's have not, you ever had no. any days, days? There was, I remember in the, um, during, when I started building the boat, there was two days where I got home from two separate days in the first couple of months where I was driving home from the boat club back to home. And I got home, I sat in the car and it just hit me. It was just like this, holy shit, Tom. Like you've got a few sponsors now. You've got a little website going, this is real. Like if you want to back down, you've got to do it now because it's going to be too late soon. And it was a really sobering feeling. And yeah. so, so I felt that twice and it wasn't something that stayed with me. It was a feeling that was there for a bit and then it, and then it went away after a few minutes because I sort of took a deep breath and I understood everything and put it all into perspective. So yeah, I've had that, I've had that feeling in a small sense, yeah. So those thoughts of doubt didn't self-resurrect, they just went away after a while, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And there's always little doubts, like, okay, what yeah. happens if this happens or that mm. happens? And, I've, and I do understand that this may not be successful, yeah. but I guess I'm at peace with that to an extent. And, uh, you know, again, this is why we sit down here and just, you know, mm. shoot the shits and have a yeah. chat and on the couch. And how do you share your message? Because you have a real message in there of, I think it's courage, it's, it's all those things in terms of at 23 how you could even possibly think, I can't even think of what I was doing at 23, but how do you share that message? How to, will I share it yeah, with other how do, people? How do you promote that then to people and say this is my experience? How do you share it? Yeah, that's a funny one. Um, so the inspiration for me and the people that I've looked up to, that's come through the internet, this magic tool that we have at our fingertips all the time. And so I've been reading websites, watching videos, reading blog posts and getting an idea of how these guys work. Mm. And so I think that there's probably enough information on the net about me now that people that want to find that, it's there for them. What really shone through for me was this real purity of enjoyment that you wanted to have in yourself, doing your own thing and that accomplishment, you know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I'm lucky enough that it seems that most days I, I, I challenge myself most days, but I also have this, um, yeah, this real enjoyment that comes out of the things I do each and every day. And I'm just so bloody lucky to have that. And if other people can um, get inspired by that and build off that, then, yeah, it's just a really good thing. Really good thing yeah, all around. Awesome. And it's this positivity thing too, I think is important. For whatever reason, I seem to have a, um, a good attitude towards life. And that really stands me in good stead. Someone said, you make your own luck, Tom, as when I was young. And it's so bloody true. And I'm constantly going, bloody hell, my life's going good. But I've put in the hard yards, you know, and I've got this attitude and it really does help. And we we really do talk about this quite a bit, you know, when we're off here, yeah. is that, there are two types of energy, negative and positive. And, um, you know, when I started my business, someone said to me once, uh, 
said, Maka, did you ever worry about the next job coming? I said, no, I never ever worry. It just came. And I think that that's the positive energy. Mm. Positiveness attracts positiveness. Mm. Negativity attracts negativity. It's like a magnet with, you know, it'll push it away. You know, Definitely, but, yeah. Whereas positiveness, for whatever reason, good things happen. And it is great to, you know, to say what you're saying is that people out there is, you know, if you're in a negative space, get into the positive circle. There's only two circles at the top of the tree, mm. negative, positive. You decide which one you want to be in. Mm. If you're in the positive circle, good things somehow happen. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm not sure, <laughs> but they do happen. Yeah, paths cross, people come into your life, events yeah. events happen that are helpful. You and know? we're all sitting around here and I think we'll, we're all positive people and it's That's because yeah. of that that we're all here and we're having a good time. And I don't know thoughts. if you've seen this movie, but there was a movie called The Blue Lagoon which had a guy called Christopher Atkins in oh, it should, and Brooke Shields in it. And, and the, whole story was, go, the whole story was the whole story was they just like got, they crashed into, I don't know, something happened, a boat go sank <laughs> and they fucking, they get into this island and it was a coming of age like, you know, and there was like Brooke Shields with her long hair covering her boobs so you couldn't see them. And wow. Anyway, they grow up, right? They sort of, you know, discover the birds and the bees and whatnot. I remember the Wait, first sorry, time I saw you down at the boat club, I went... That little guy looks like Chris Brackens. Like <laughs> Blue Lagoon. <laughs> Where was my so, man, I'm going to tell you, mate. If you go to Tahiti in these islands and you tell girls there, oh they God. say, "Oh, so what have you? What have you been up to? You're traveling? Yeah, I'm rowing across the ocean, mate. You, I don't know if we're going to see well, you for a couple of years. Well, you, like. you got to think there's a lot of spare time there. Did you take a couple of magazines with you? <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting topic. I was given a magazine for my birthday actually yesterday um, from a good friend of mine. Uh, so, yeah, ma maybe I'll take a couple of magazines. That would just be actually wrecked. <laughs> 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 well, last, last, last one for me. Um, it's a part A, part B question. Okay. What do you want to get out of this? Mm -hmm. Second part. How will you use that experience afterward? Um, I want an experience in life, I think. I want something that I can look back on in one year, in 10 years, in yeah. 50 years and go, wow, that was that was really worthwhile. And even if it's not successful, I think I'll still look back and think that. So I want an adventure out of this. Um, I want to challenge myself and I want to be able to look back and think that was really bloody worth it. Yep. And the second part? What are you going to use that to do? What am I going to use that to do? That, that, that knowledge that you get from this. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting as to how it affects my life and my mentality. Mm. But um, I can only see it as being a good thing. Yeah. And um, once I finish this adventure, it's gonna seem like anything's possible yeah. and maybe anything is possible. And so after this trip, you know, who, who knows what's possible, but the world really is my oyster. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, with that right attitude and that overcoming that challenge, rowing the Pacific, yeah. um, I'll probably be pretty geared to take on the next challenge. And look, I I think it's important in terms of, you know, as I say, we actually have sat here before and said, you know what, we don't care really if no one listens to this because yeah. we, we actually enjoy sitting here and having mm -hmm. this chat. Absolutely. That's important. And um, at the end of the day is that um, if someone does listen to this and gets one word, one sentence, well, we've done our job. But we also did this and we get motivated and uh, excited about doing this purely because we speak to people like yourself. Yeah, yeah, likewise. Um, who are doing something that we could never do. And hopefully people out there listen and say, listen to this 23-year-old kid that's built his own boat, 
Yeah. Somehow in his head he thinks he can row across the ocean. <laughs> when someone did as a jewel at 32 at yeah. 1971 or whatever it was. And that's the story here is the strength that you give to people out there to say, hey, what stops me doing that? What stops me giving the power of my brain to say that I'm not good enough to do that? People that are in that negative position to get to the positive side is that I can do that, you know, and that's the story I think that I'd like people to listen about you is that because I sit opposite you and go, what you're doing is an amazing feat and I can't wait to see you finish it. But the story for me is about your mindset yeah. to do this and to get through this. Mm. And that's the strength that people need to take from this for you is that it is amazing strength to push yourself and understand that you've sat, you've sat up there at nights and gone, this is what could happen, a shark could nudge me the waves. And you still didn't scare you. Yeah. yeah and yeah, that's, sure. that's the challenge again. I always come back, as long as I wake up with a challenge, mm. I'm happy for the day. If you fail, hey, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, you do do it on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, definitely. It's very, it's very credible. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, there's good times ahead, that's for sure. <laughs> Mac has got a special surprise for you. A surprise. Far from five. Well, far from five. So we, uh, so we have this little segment that we, we <laughs> actually. I'm worried just, now. <laughs> <laughs> I am too because I'm trying to remember the questions. <laughs> <laughs> This is a hard one for you because I reckon this is probably one you're going to answer after the event. Mm. Have you ever used your name to get in somewhere? Have I ever used my name to get in somewhere? Yeah. No. So, you, so we'll go back. Actually, so, yeah, that, that's a different story. Um, <laughs> so, well, but a, no, hey. It's not a good story. Right. Well, no, no, it's a funny story. I was um, up in Gladstone after a yacht race. And there was a big party afterwards. You all get really drunk and have a great time. And I got chatting with the local, I think he was Gladstone or something like this. And we're chatting along and um, and he and he says, oh, what are you doing for the rest of the night, Tom? I said, oh, I'm going to go up the road to the nightclub. And he goes, oh, Tom, it's midnight. The, the nightclub's closed, but the strip club's open. And I was going, oh, I don't know if I'm going to go to the strip club. And he goes, oh, you're going to the strip club, Tom. And so he takes a selfie with me and he says, Tom, you go to that strip club. So I went up to the strip club and the guy there is like, all right, I'm going to come in, mate. Yeah, that'll be 20 bucks entry. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm not paying 20 bucks entry for this, strip, for this strip club. And then he goes, hang on, is your name Tom Robinson? And I go, yeah, it is. And he goes, come this way, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so he has. Uh, so, he, uh, he has so, so the three people that, because uh, the, first, the first episode was about uh, one of us on the panel, but the, the other two people just answered and said, yes, we have. So good, good story. Um, Favourite movie? Oh, I don't watch movies. I've only seen a handful of movies in my life. Go one better with uh, favourite book. Yes. Oh, favourite book. Okay, that's a good question. Um, There's a book called Fatu Iva and it was written by an adventurer called Tor Heyerdahl. He did the Kontiki expedition. And um, for a year, he, him and his wife at the time, they travelled to one of the islands in the Marquesas group and they lived... Um, like the natives do, so to speak, like the locals do, let's say. And this was in the 1930s. And so him and her lived on this, in this beautiful idyllic island for a year. 
and it wasn't all good times. He wrote this beautiful book about how bad it was and how good it was and the trials and tribulations of living out this so-called romantic, beautiful existence. And it's a pretty good book, but I read it at just the right time in my life, at just the right age, and it had a really big impact on me. And I think a big takeaway is that there's also this romantic notion of rowing across the Pacific. And, and he had the similar romantic notion about his island in the Pacific. And so to read his book about how hard it was, but also how good it was, that really hit me at a right time in life. And so, yeah. Okay. Oh, last text message you sold. Oh, sorry, last text, text message you sent. Can I look at my phone? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely, I, would, I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Um, you that. knew what you were getting yourself into. Oh, shit. Did you swipe right or swipe left on that one? Ten exclamation marks. <laughs> no, this is a mate of mine who who bought quite a large wooden boat. Okay, he's, okay. he's lamenting to me the cost of it all. Um, it, I, think that, I think the fuel tank holds 16,000 litres and it needs to fill up. All right, well, before we get to the last, second last question is uh, favourite music. I'm going to open it up for you because I think you're a very challenging person. Okay. Um, is Because I normally would say favourite band or favourite song. Okay. Maybe you might even be able to answer that. Not really. No. Genre, favourite genre. Because um, I, I imagine out there you're going to be listening to a lot of music. Yeah. Um, favourite genre, probably reggae, to be honest. Yeah. But blues is having a big impact on me at the moment. And you know a bit of a bit of soul and, and a bit of jazz and all those sorts of things, but reggae's sort of been that, that it, it it really hit me. People like yourselves um, talk to me about oh uh, this time hit me when I was a certain age and I just got so into this into this scene and into this music and it really had a big effect on me. And so um, of late, it's been reggae music. Okay, but we'll see what happens in the future. Yeah, look, I mean, and not. Actually, I hadn't thought of that before because, I mean, obviously you've got time to yourself and, yeah. and, and maybe a couple of magazines. But, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, like I would think that you're going to um, be listening to yeah, definitely. Like, you know, definitely. Um, probably podcasts. Um, but last question is uh, where do you see yourself from here in five years? Five years' time. Um, that's a good question. So we'll have rode across the Pacific I will have traveled to, hopefully traveled to America and, and the UK and done some boat building at some good boat yards over there, maybe a few other adventures. So I'll, I think I'll either be maybe, okay, here we go. I'll either be on another adventure in a canoe or in a yacht or doing something crazy, or I'll be in um, Brisbane running some sort of a business, or I'll be overseas working in a boat yard. Couple options there. Yeah. Um, look, Am I um, to have three? <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll, you'll add as many as you like. Uh, but uh, we're going to check in on you in five years' time. Very um, good. Very look, good. Uh, look. From my point of view, and I know Arby will probably wrap this up. But uh, look, it's been amazing sitting opposite you and just seeing a young kid that, uh, mm-hmm. as I said, two years older than my oldest son is that um, taking on a challenge that I can't even again that word fathom is incredible. The mindset that you've got to achieve that's incredible, Mm. the passion that you've got to achieve that's unbelievable. And I think that it's inspiring to people that probably listen here that have had the time to take the time to listen about your story is the story has only just begun. I can see that you're a person we'll read about in 10 years' time or 20 years' time because I think that you will achieve Maybe it might go off somewhere else. Maybe it not, might not be in boating. But I think 
because of your brain, the way it operates, is that you'll achieve something very incredible. And, mate, I wish you all the best in what you do, not only um, when you get in that boat and start rowing. I would happily be there to give you the first push to, to, <laughs> so as you row, you row away. But, uh, uh, mate, I'll be more than uh, impressed when you get back and talk to you about what was all those things that we talked about, the mindset and all those things, and hear about how you, uh, how you beat those mm -hmm. yeah. because that will be the story to tell. Because we talk about um, the pupil and the teacher because um, when you get into sport, um, when you're playing, you're the pupil, when you're coaching, you're already the coach, you're already the teacher. Okay. And that's what's coming out of this whole conversation is that you've got a lot to teach. I think you're still a sponge, you've got a lot to learn. Oh, definitely, yeah. But I think that's your greatest positive energy is that you understand that mm. and what you want to do is share that. And mate, please, please, please share that with everyone in this place because that's the greatest gift you can give to the people out there is your experiences which makes their life experiences better. Yeah, for sure. And uh, mate, all the best with it. Mm. Thanks very much, Maka. No, I mean, it, same thing, Tom. It's I've I've I think I met you a few months ago down at the boat yard, and um, you know, a beer told me a lot about you before I'd actually met you, and I remember thinking, oh, are you for real? Like, it's like, <laughs> and and it wasn't until I actually met you that I like I got it. Yeah, yeah. You know, what I mean, I actually got it, and and then you know, same thing. We we went down to film some stuff for you, and and you know, my sister met you and, and she yeah. said the same thing. What I'm trying to say is you have an effect on everybody and you inspire people to want to sort of push themselves a little bit harder and to take risks and, and do all those kinds of things. So as far as that goes, that's, that's that. But as well as that, we're all rooting for you, mate. Like we're yeah. just, we're all so... You know, just hopeful that you have a safe journey, that you complete exactly how you want, you, you, you do exactly like you want it to be or want to do and, and yep. it turns out exactly like you wanted it to turn out. Just be safe, you know, we'll be watching all the way. But same thing as Maka said, can't wait to get you back and to talk to you and, and see how the whole experience went. Thank you, yeah. But all our blessings and all Thank our you. prayers will always be there with well, you. You're extraordinary, mate. Thank Absolutely. you very much, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. What a great night it's been. Time for a beer. 2nd of July, 2022. Tom is two hours away from commencing his journey. Tom. Bobby. Wow. Exciting. How exciting. So how are you feeling in, your, in yourself? Yeah, excitement and just... um. General contentment, bit of happiness, really. It's so yeah, it just feels so good to be, yeah, finally setting off after pretty much an eighteen-month project. So far, it's probably another eighteen months to go, which is pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. Um, since being here, here for the past two months in Peru, I just yeah, I come to appreciate life and everything. Really, it seems a bit it's funny to say it, but yeah, everything is good. Perfect. So you wouldn't have predicted that either, that, you know, like with all the rigmarole of all the delays oh, of getting yeah. over there, that you had two months there to really sit, settle in, you know? Yeah. And this time here, it could have been a, a nightmare experience for the for the wrong mind, I guess, like with the bills and the 
the logistics and the bureaucracy and the extended time that I was here. Yeah. Like if you're, yeah, if you're a bit of a pessimist, it could be pretty depressing. Thankfully, um, it's all been part of the journey, really part of the adventure. So, wow. Yeah, I can't complain. So, is everything set up? The boat's just so full of stuff. You wouldn't believe it. Like, I just don't, like, I don't really have enough room for everything. So, my bunk's pretty, pretty gem. Yeah, yeah. I'll be Tetris City. Through that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I saw a photo somewhere you posted. It had that whole bunch of like what looked like garbage bags full of stuff and all sorts of yeah, things. Full of food. Yeah. Like every little square inch is just packed to the brim. How amazing. And have you spoken to your folks? Yeah, I had a, I had a, a quick chat with them. Oh, I, I, know, I had a long chat with them last night. Yeah. It was mostly just um, organising contact details and different people. and Yeah. Um, yeah, it was nice. It was really nice to chat with them. Yeah, beautiful. Hey, listen, I've got Peter here. She she wants to say good day. Oh, cool. Hey, hey Tom, how are you feeling? Yeah, really good. Really happy. Mate, yeah. I'm so yeah. I'm so emotional right now. But like, this is everything oh, you've worked for. Good. This is so. I've got chills. It's amazing. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's it's really really bloody exciting. You know, it's been so long in the making, and yeah. now it's finally happening. So. Oh, this yeah, I couldn't be happier. So exciting to yeah. be here with you at this moment. So thank you. Have fun. Enjoy. I can hardly speak. Yes. So I'll say sayonara. We'll uh, see you on the other side, baby. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Love you, Really Tom. appreciate it. Love you too. See ya. Thank you. Yeah, wow, man. Full on. So, yeah, actually, it's what? It's in like an hour and a half, two hours. You're just you're jumping in. You're putting your feet into your little feet things and pushing yeah, off. Growing off. That's it, yeah. Wow. I'm sitting in the boat at the moment, just packing a few things away. Yeah. So it's, it's exciting, yeah. The Navy's going to escort me out, I think. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. It's so awesome. It's so awesome. Mate, yeah. look, I'm so glad that we met and I'm so glad that I had a part to play in, um, oh, massive. you know, not just the project but us as friends. You know, it's going to be really weird to sort of – Basically, every time I think of you from now on until I hear from you again is going to be, well, I can hear some seagulls in the uh, background there. But, uh, you know, it'll be rowing across the ocean at night during the day. And, um, yeah, I don't know how to feel about that, man, you know. Yeah. No, it's 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 a weird scenario to be in really, isn't it? Five months in the ocean without talking to anyone or seeing anyone. Huge, huge. Well, mate, I'm so happy. It, it really sounds like you're right in the exact right spot you need to be in your heart, in yeah. your spirit and in your mind to so. take this on. Yeah. No, th- I just want to thank you, RB, man, like so much for all your help over the past year. Like it's just crazy. I don't know where I'd be without you really. And Not even you like the video help but the spiritual guidance. It's, yeah, it's been so important. Thank you so much. It's a, look, it's a privileged place to be to, um, you know, be there for you, be there for each other and, you know, actually see you flower and take on something that you, you know, really love to do and something that's so elemental and big. It's been a just beautiful privilege to be with you over this time, you know. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been amazing. It really has. Mate, I'm, I'm going to jump off because um, I'll probably start crying. So... Yeah, yeah, I will too. So. <laughs> Tom, I love you, mate. I love you so much. And I, I'm, I'm, I'll ping you from time to time, send you little short emails. 
Yeah, thank you so much, Harvey, man. Oh, so exciting. (laughs) (laughs) All right, brother. Off you go. Love you, mate. Love you too. Bye, man. Bye. See ya. Good luck and Godspeed. Well, there we have it, folks. Thanks for listening. There's um, Tom Robinson, an absolutely extraordinary human being, taking on an extraordinary task. It's truly been my privilege to know Tom and, and I wish him all the success for his journey that he makes it safe and sound back to Australia. If you want to follow Tom, you can at um, his website, which is tomrobinsonboats.com. And uh, on one of those pages, there's an actual satellite tracker, which will show his uh, journey as a little dot on a map. Pretty arresting sight when you look at the size of the uh, Pacific Ocean compared to the dots. But um, if you want to check that out, you can. You can also check him out on Instagram, which is his handle is tom underscore dot underscore Robinson. He's also got a GoFundMe which if you want to contribute to uh, Tom, I think he's still got expenses before he gets home, Uh, which on GoFundMe is Tom's Pacific Journey, so just search for that. Okay, folks, until next time, we hope you've enjoyed this episode.